Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Association Leadership Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Association Leadership Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Ted Turner, and he is a Master Certified Executive Coach, and he is here to talk about associations. Welcome, Ted. Thank you, Lee. Pleasure to be back with you. Well, um, before we get too far into things, let's talk a little bit about your coaching practice. Uh, I know you serve um, leaders in all different facets of business, but um, your background includes some uh, roles in associations as well. So tell us a little bit about your practice and your background. Well, certainly. So my, my background um, has been in construction and engineering for 40 years, large major projects uh, all around the world. And so as part of that, I've been a, a member of several trade organizations concerning uh, engineering, construction, uh, trade work, those kind of things. I've served on a number of committees, both at the local chapter level and at uh, the national level. Um, uh, advisory committees, uh, as well as on the political action committees and and um, workforce development, a number of different uh, experiences working with associations. So now, um, for those people listening and that maybe aren't members of associations left yet, why was it important for you to, uh, being a practitioner and working in the industry, why was it important for you to not only join associations, but also to take leadership roles? You know, there's a number of reasons why a person would want to get involved in an association. For me, I got involved at a uh, early stage in my career and really didn't know what to expect. Uh, I was there really to soak up the information at that point, to learn from those that had been in the industry longer, to get, you know, the latest tidbits of information and research, to be able to network and, and, and get creative ideas for different problems we were solving. I was very much into the educational uh, part of the associations and all the unique things that they offered. Uh, And then as the years went by, um, I became uh, more and more involved in setting the tone there and taking on uh, assignments and and, uh, working in an advisory role in different capacities. So my reason changed. Over time, I realized the power of having a lot of like-minded people, Uh, whether you're trying to affect um, you know, ways to reach out to the community, ways to to fill um, gaps in workforce, ways to prepare the next generation of workers, whether it's regulatory issues, there just was a lot of power and a lot of different directions that you could affect your industry dealing with a well-organized and, and good-sized association. And, I, and that's true for whatever industry you're in. So now, um, since you have been on kind of... Uh, experience in association at a variety of levels. Can you uh, share a little bit now using your uh, master certified executive coach lens on what advice would you give the leader of an association in order to serve their members more to maybe increase uh, retention or uh, to recruit more people, maybe a more diverse group of people? What advice would you give those uh, leaders of associations, you know, having kind of been there and done that in a variety of ways. Yeah, you know, I tell you, that's a very timely question. There's there's a fairly new survey out um, that shows that 45% of associations in the United States are reporting declines in membership renewals. 
just last year, that was only 24%. So that's a, that's a huge issue that they're facing right now. So, so there's the good news, bad news uh, with that with associations. Um, the good news is, is that leadership is agnostic. Uh, the traits that make a good leader in an association are much the same in any kind of an organization. They have to be a constant presence. People have to know that they can depend on them and know that they're steering the ship with some constancy and some competence. They need to be vulnerable enough to listen. And and especially in an association, these are all volunteers. Uh, None of them have to be there. Uh, They all have a level of passion about what they're doing, at least enough to sign up. For some, it is just the level of passion that's, that they think, oh, this might be fun going to some of these mixers. For others, they are truly passionate about accomplishing something, and they will jump in and they will work. So um, a leader of an association has got to have a very clear vision, has to communicate it very well to people uh, so that they understand what it is they're trying to accomplish. That's even more important when you've got an all-volunteer army. Uh, all these people have day jobs, right? And so motivating them um, takes some strength and it takes some, uh, some uh, inclusivity. It takes opening up uh, your mind and, and explaining things and listening to the needs of your members. Because when you talk about retention, which, which you asked about, and getting new members, number one, top priority, you've got to show your members value. If you're not giving them value for their time and their money, they're not going to stick around. Uh, most of them are not in it just for the social aspect. Like I said, there are some, uh, but you've got to give them, you've got to give them value for their money. Are you helping their businesses? Are you helping their personal growth? Are you offering them products and services that will help them grow as business people or as researchers or as educators or as whatever the association is? Are you giving them unique things that they can't get anywhere else? Are you helping them to leverage the power of that association? Are you fostering networking so that they can work within a group of people that have the same values? There there are just so many things there. If you've got some time, um, Lee, I can give you an example of of some recent things we've done on this DNI committee to meet the needs of the members that I think is quite unique. Yeah, and and you're bringing up DNI, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Inclusion. That is um, obviously it's a hot topic today, and uh, it maybe it should have been a hot topic way before today. <laughs> but um, yes. uh, how let let's bring that into play here a little bit because a lot of associations leadership don't look like the members. And a lot of times, if you go to the web page of the leaders, they all look alike. And, um, and it's hard for some of them to make the shift to include um, other people that don't look like them. So any advice or, um, or uh, counsel in this area is much appreciated. Yeah. And uh, like I said, that's, that's the committee I'm serving on now. So that's my focus now. Um, But it all comes down to member value and diversity, equity, inclusion, like so many things, we don't make the shift until it either becomes too painful not to, or until the light bulb goes off. So many organizations wait until it's painful uh, to make the change. Uh, It's smart to be on the front end of it. Um, we just recently made a presentation to, a, to an association board um, about why it is monetarily and morally and every other aspect you want to make of it uh, imperative to open up your doors and bring in diverse, you know, diverse attitudes, uh, diverse experiences, diverse backgrounds, cultures, 
open up those doors to those other ideas that you haven't accessed in the past. The demographics of this country are changing that if even if you're a cynical person and you just want to look at it at the bottom line, you're not going to be able to attract uh, intelligent and capable workers if you don't start opening up your eyes and recruiting those that are a little bit more diverse. Uh, the demographics are just going to put us all in a bind if we don't. Now, you couple that with the fact that there is some great talent that just has been ignored for a long, long time. Uh, women and minorities and, and, and other marginalized groups, um, they, there's been no good reason to marginalize them. It's just been our bias that's done it. And, and, and not that that's always nefarious. Sometimes you just do what you're used to doing. You just lean towards the people you're used to seeing. Uh, but, but there's a huge wealth of, of talent out there that needs to be tapped into. And somebody will. Somebody will tap into that talent. So it's either going to be your association or your company, or you're going to be five years down the road thinking, dang, we really should have gotten ahead of this thing because now we're hurting for people. We're not able to compete because we don't have the good ideas. We don't have the new ideas. We don't have the fresh perspectives. Um, just a slew of things. I know Toyota, uh, when they first started making SUVs, they thought they had the perfect plan. And uh, one of the women engineers walked out and said, well, this tailgate doesn't work for me. I'm probably holding a baby and I'm trying to unload groceries and this just flat out doesn't work. None of the other engineers, all male, had ever thought about the practical application of half of their drivers, the female audience. Yeah, this is one of those things to me where associations um, really sh – should take the lead. Um, they have to be the role models for the industry. And if they're not demonstrating this, uh, making this a priority in the association, they're really doing disservice to their industry. I think that this is, um, you know, if their association isn't doing it, it, it's a lot easier for the industry members to say, you know, it must not be that important. But if they see the, the associations leaning into this and doing this and behaving and role modeling this behavior, I think you have a lot better chance of getting the members to step up. Yeah. And there has to be outreach. You, you have to reach out to those folks that traditionally have not been part of your association. And you're right. If they haven't been part of your association, then you're probably not seeing them reflect in the leadership of your association. You've got to face the fact that that's where you are and go out and show them the benefit to them to being a part of your group. Right. And and at first you might have to be proactive and go out and um, and kind of knock on some doors that you historically haven't. And I don't think it's fair to say, well, they know where we are. You know, no, it's not. It's not fair at all. <laughs> right. But a lot of folks take that that perspective where, hey, you know, we're we're out there. We're it's not like we're hiding. No, you, you've got to be proactive. And as we've built um, the the uh, the participation in the women and minority owned businesses, we've been able to partner with municipalities, as state, county, federal, um, you know, um, local port district. Um, to build some outreach programs and also to build some educational programs to get some of these newer uh, women and minority owned businesses in those circles where they can network with those that they can do business with to, to do some leadership training with them, to do some general business training with them, to give them access to things that an association, um, you know, buying in bulk, so to speak, can provide at a much, much uh, more cost effective price point than they can get on their own hooking people up uh, with mentors in their industries. So there's a lot that you can do um, to show them that value. And then that value returns to your industry, to your association. And especially in today's world where there is kind of a crisis of hiring and finding the right people, 
I mean, to ignore certain parts of the population seems silly. Yeah, we've, especially in construction, where my background is for years, we have faced a, a dearth of qualified people. It's been really hard to find folks to fill those slots. Um, and it uh, it's only going to get worse. You know, we've had something like a, was uh, 6.7 million people left the workforce to just uh, 6.7 more than would have left because of COVID just decided to stop working. Uh, it, it's just going to get worse. We've got to tap into those generations that are up and coming. And the greatest uh, area of growth right now is in minorities in this country. That's so where the workforce is going to come from. That's where the leadership is going to come from. So what is some baby step? What's a baby step an association um, or a member company can take uh, to uh, attract a more diverse uh kind of base you know it's it's hard to overcome inertia in anything isn't it you said it earlier mindset has to shift Uh, i was talking with a member of the board of this association Uh, he's an african-american man who his first experience with this association um, was kind of standoffish uh, admittedly on on his side he didn't see anybody that looked like him he didn't really uh, uh, have confidence that they were serious about integrating. And uh, in talking to him just the other day, uh, he made a comment. He said they'd been trying for years to do something and they finally decided to be serious about it. And that really is what it comes down to. They made the decision. you got to make the decision that this is something we're committed to. You need to, again, coming back to vulnerability, reach out to those that have done this, that know how this is done reach out to the other associations, reach out to the people who do this as a living within corporations that they have their outreach and DEI committees and, and initiatives. Learn the things you don't know and start making those contacts and be aware that it may take time. You, you've got to build trust with people that you've never had a relationship with. Um, we all like to trust the other human being talking to us, but we all have those reservations no matter what the setting is. You've got to make the decision that you will put in the time and you will put in the effort. Um, And and it really comes down to that. Nothing's going to start until you are dedicated to it. And, uh, and just like any change in an organization, uh, it has a better chance of succeeding if it starts at the top. Oh yeah. I mean, you talk about initiatives and and there's lots of studies that show that uh, over 70% of any kind of business initiative fails to reach its, uh, its stated goals. Uh, and that all comes down to leadership. So absolutely, if the, if the leadership of the association, the interesting thing with associations, you use, you got a president or a CEO or something, but then there's usually a, a good-sized board behind them. Um, if they, as a group and individually, don't buy in, give it the resources, give it the time, give it their personal clout, it's not going to happen. Or if it does, it's going to be much more difficult than it has to be. Well, Ted, thank you so much for sharing your insight today. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, uh, maybe uh, needs help with their association, uh, your coaching practice is a great place to start to have these conversations. What is the best way to find you on the Internet? Uh, On the Internet, uh, you can find me at tedturner.intelligentleadershipec. That EC stands for executive coaching. So tedturner.intelligentleadershipec.com. Good stuff. Well, thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you so much, Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Association Leadership Radio.